Hello, dear viewers, and welcome to the Apocalypse, or as I like to call it, the Intelligy Podcast. I am, as usual, your humble host, Paul Lido, and tonight we're talking about not fucking panicking, keeping your powder dry, people, using some goddamn logic. I am recording this from within my house where there's, you know, my kids and fucking God knows who walking in and out seeking asylum, so I am declaring my home the Republic of Lado. Yes, we have someone that just walked through the door. That would be my son Thomas. Dogs are going nuts. Look, by now you will know they're in, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and everyone is shitting themselves, you know. Uh, toilet paper's running out. People are freaking the fuck out because they're like, God damn, man, we're going to die. Motherfuckers, we're all going to die. But the reality of the situation is that we're not. What we have is we have a very bad flu which can kill people. So we kind of need to just keep our shit together, right? And I think in the process of doing that, Um, We all got to kind of adjust our lives accordingly. So today we're going to talk a little bit about my thoughts on logic versus emotion. Um, I've got some awesome music, man. I've got like Tom Morello and the Dropkick Murphys and even Fleetwood Mac, uh, John Dolmayan, a whole heap of people. So I hope you stay with me for the next hour because we're going to have some fun.
to take this off my shoulders. Someone take me home. And as I said, today we're playing some music. We're going to listen to some music and we're going to scat a little bit about logic versus emotion. See, I have this theory and my theory is that 
logic and emotion can't coexist. You're either really fucking emotional, in which case all logical thought goes out the window because you're being driven by adrenaline and fear and uh, happiness or lust or whatever, and uh, or you're kind of logical, in which case you've put your emotions on hold. You're taking a third-party view perspective of what's going on. You, you're doing a cold, calm, calculated analysis, right? And either they can't coexist together, or if they exist together, they, they don't work very well because it's this constant kind of struggle between wanting to punch a dude in the face and just, you know, understanding that everyone has bad days and it's probably not personal. And what you should really do is just give that person a wide berth. So you can't kind of hold both of those thoughts together. And what we are seeing in this uh, coronavirus, or as Trump likes to call it, the Chinese virus, <laughs> fucking dummy, um, is we're seeing a, a group of people that are kind of logical and doing their thing and just going about their business and kind of self-segregating and distancing and, you know, going, you know, not going out there and just fucking stacking up on ramen noodles because they think it's the end of the world. And then we've got the other side. we got motherfuckers stabbing people over noodles and over shit like that. And, you know, this is a, this is a problem, right? And it's, it's a problem because when everything is going well, 99% of people um, kind of can be logical, yeah? When everything goes to shit, then a lot of logic goes out the window. Fear comes into it. Uh, and fear makes you illogical, right? Fear dumps this kind of adrenaline, this chemical into your bloodstream, which kind of makes you run faster and, and you know, fight harder. But it also gives you tunnel vision and it only allows you to focus on one thing, fight or flight. And that's kind of what we're seeing in this emotional group. You know, in the logical group, we kind of have what I call the academics. And they're kind of like, well, you know, when you look at the figures and the statistics and blah, 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 dude, those figures and those statistics um, have been compiled and processed and decimated by human beings. And human beings are wrong, right? So you got to be careful when you base your kind of logical decisions on statistics and shit that's been provided by other people right? Because at the end of the day, they are wrong, and they can often be wrong, and they will be wrong, and that's all that there is to it. So from my perspective, you kind of have to find some common ground here. You have to have a, a healthy level of fear, a healthy level of emotion, right? Scream at your kids to stay home. But at the same time, you can't let that dominate you. You still need to be able to function and to move forward, right? Do not rely on statistics. Rely, as I have said so many times on this podcast, on your common sense, right? What would a average prudent person do, right? And what they would most probably do is, <clears throat> you know, they would do a normal shop, maybe shop a little bit more than, than they would normally because they don't know whether they're going to have to self-segregate. They would put into place, um, perhaps if they're going to, you know, contract the virus and, and, and have to kind of lock themselves away, organize uh, someone, a friend, a relative, a service to drop off food at their house so they don't run off, run out of food. 
And, you know, they would give people a wide berth. What they wouldn't do is go to the fucking beach, like we saw, you know, people going to Bondi Beach or to the pubs or to the clubs or just continue to party. Because here's the fucking thing, peeps. When you're doing that, especially when you're, like, young, I saw this young fuckwit on, on YouTube and they're like, well, you know... Um, you know, if I get coronavirus, I get coronavirus, but you know, it's not going to stop me from exercising my right to party. Well, that's great champ. However, here lies the problem. The problem is that it's not about you getting it. It's about you getting it and then passing it on to someone who's 60 or 70 or 80 years of age who ends up dying from it. So it's not about you killing yourself because of your stupidity. It's about your stupidity killing others. So, that means that you have gone from being a suicidal fuckwit to being a murderer, right? A murderer. In my book, that's what you do. If you're doing that, you're potentially walking around out there with that kind of attitude. You're potentially looking to murder people. And therefore, you should be, at the very least, slapped. At the very worst, forcibly put away so that you don't potentially murder other people. You fucking numbnuts. Oh, did I mention that one of the rules of engagement is that I swear a lot, and if you don't like it, you should probably turn over? Bit late, but I'm sure you guys will deal with it. So, logic, emotion cannot coexist. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to find some place in between. All right, I'm going to play a couple more songs, and we'll be back soon.
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about schools because school seems to be a big thing because schools has a, a massive effect. So we kind of have these scrubs, these kids of ours, and they can't look after themselves. They're too young to make decisions by themselves and someone has to look after them. And that doesn't matter whether you're in prep or whether you're in year 
12, right? It's, it's for those of you that are parents like I am, you know, I've now got a basically a 16 year old and a 19 year old. I just, I still have problems with these guys. You know, they're just a totally different set of problems that I had when they were like six and, and nine. Yeah. It's just a totally, totally different set of problems, but you're still going to have problems. And part of your job as a parent, or your number one job as a parent is to keep your kids safe and sound. If you can throw happiness in there, you're doing all right. But sometimes it's just about keeping them safe and sound, even when they are unhappy, because you're keeping them safe and sound. And so, you know, school is an interesting thing. So what the, taking kids out of school during the current situation, and I'm not saying I, I have the answers because I don't have the fucking answers. Don't, I'm not a messiah. Don't follow me. Don't follow me. Go follow someone else, right? Um... That was a Bill Burr quote, by the way. That wasn't mine. Um, so th- the problem is that there's a knock-on effect, right? There's a lot of people out there that, you, you know, creches and daycare centers, they, they, they're going to close down. So your kids are going to have to be home. And if your kids are, you know, old enough to look after themselves and be at home by themselves, that's great. The problem is if they're old enough to look after themselves, they're also old enough to make fucked up decisions. And if you decide to leave them at home and go to work, guess what? They're most probably going to fuck off out of the house and run a mark. So you've got to kind of keep an eye on them, right? If they're not old enough to make decisions, then you kind of have to stay home and look after them. So there's an economic knock-on to that. However, here's my thought process. By not closing the schools, you are leaving a massive infection vector open, right? And again, it's not about the kids because, kid, you know, kids, are they recover well from this. But it's the other people they infect. They kiss grandma or grandpa, fuck you very much, nana, umpa, you're basically gone. You've now got coronavirus and you could, you could die. But I also understand parents that are like, I can't afford crash even if there was a crash open, so I'm going to have to stay home. I'm potentially going to lose money because I don't have paid leave, so I either take unpaid leave and I'm sitting on my ass watching Netflix and not making money, or I'll lose my job. And it's it's one hell of, of a, a problem, right? Because if we don't do it, we continue to have a massive infection vector out there. But if we do do it, then it has a massive strain on the economy. This is where governments come in. Right. And I had this awesome, you know, forceful debate with my brother Ped today over this. You know, I'm, I understand that um, if if we close the schools and we bring the kids home and people have to stay at home, then, you know, that's going to have an economic effect. The problem is that if we don't do it, right? We're going to have a long-term economic effect because that infection vector could potentially continue to, uh, you know, be open and more infections will continue, which means people have to take more time off work anyway, which means that potentially long-term we're going, this economy's fucked anyway. So I think one of the things we have to kind of realize is that our economy is fucked either way, right? And so I'm kind of happy with the Australian government, you know, looking at subsidies and and helping, you know, uh, parents that, uh, you know, have to stay home to look after their kids and potentially have lost their jobs, will lose their jobs or will not get paid while they're at home. You know, we need a stimulus package. This is what governments are there to do. This is what we pay these motherfuckers for, right, is to step in at times like this and manage things on our behalf 
and help us. If they're not doing it, then they're not doing their job. And I don't know about you guys, but in my business, if someone that works for me doesn't do their job, guess what happens? They get warning one, warning two, they don't get warning three, they get their asses walked the fuck out. And I think that's something that we should potentially consider at the next election. So, you know, getting back to the kiddies, God bless them, they are the future, as Whitney Houston said, um, we got it. We do have to look after them. So, you know, it's it's one hell of a thing. You know, the other thing that I was thinking about is these days, because parents work, so many kids, like after school, are looked after by their grandparents. So, you know, there may be a, a thought process there to say, well, you know what, let's just get grandma and grandpa to look after them during the day as well while we're at work. But the problem is, if that kid's infected without even knowing it, he could potentially, or she could potentially infect grandma and grandpa, and then grandma and grandpa are fucked because they're elderly and it's just not going to work out for them. So I think... This is a really hard one. I don't think anyone has the exact right answer. I think we have to try and achieve some balance here between closing down that school-based infection vector and still being able to keep the economy open. And this is where stimulus packages have to come, not just for, uh, you know, small, medium businesses, but also for, you know, um, the, the average Joe. Joe and Jane Sixpack, who, you know, are potentially going to lose their job. And I'm also, you know, quite interested, it'll be quite interesting to try and, and track how many of these motherfuckers are going to get rid of people that work for them and use this as an opportunity to do so. So it's not an easy one, but you know what? I'm sure Scotty from marketing is doing his very best as we speak to come up with some brilliant plan to save us. God bless you, Scotty. I'm going to play a couple of songs for you and we're going to come back and do a shout out to some of our sponsors. Oh 
thousand on thermometers, two thousand surrounding us, who travel two thousand kilometers to hang out with us. What's up, danger? What's up, danger? Hey, didn't know they doubted us. Makes it that more marvelous. Sign them up, cause I'm in this vibe, then I get synonymous. What's up, danger? Yes, we are back, and I'd like to do a shout-out to some of our show sponsors, which most probably will not be able to do much for you during this, uh, you know, time. And one of them is Trax Restaurants at 533 Nepean Highway, Bomb Beach. Um, I wouldn't expect them to be open anytime soon, but you know what? When they are open, Monday nights and Wednesday nights are Palmer night, and Thursday nights are steak night. Anywhere between 20 to 27 bucks these days, and you get a massive meal and a drink. So go down there. 
when they open across from Bomb Beach Station. Say hi to Jeff and Casey and get yourself some awesome food. Uh, Ausbit Minders, your trusted pet care alternative, Mr. Kevin Spencer. Again, he's not going to be walking dogs anytime soon. Or is he? Because they do dog walking, pet transport, waste removal, feeding and watering, medications. If you decide to go away and self-isolate in the bush or something, they'll do bins in and out, security checks, everything you need for your pets. Go to ozpetminers.com.au or call 04888-69738. Tell your one dude who's going to be working. Aha, uh-huh. my homeboy Ivan at doobsis.com, web and application development. Um... He creates uh, websites, new ones, changes existing ones. He does PHP and JavaScript application development, on-page and off-page search engine optimization. He designs roadmaps, everything you need for your web and application development. Go to dubsys.com. And, of course, my little brother, Phil the Cruz of Cruz PT. That's C-R-U-Z space PT, personal training. Guess what? He's basically sat there and he said, fuck this, man, you know, um, I think people should still get fit. So he started running classes over YouTube. Reach out to him on um, Facebook and on um, uh, Instagram. Tell him his big brother sent you and he'll look after you. Uh, He can also um, does what's called remote consultations where he will talk to you um, via WhatsApp or Messenger and draw you up a complete plan for you to do inside your home based on whatever equipment you have. If you don't have equipment, he'll work it out too. Go full body weight. I do. So reach out to him at CruzPT, that's C-O-U-Z space PT, and get yourself fit. Use this time to get fit, people. So, okay. We've been talking about the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, Chinese virus, Mr. Trump's uh, name for it, whatever. And, you know, when people, when this thing first really kicked off, my first fear, people used to go, man, aren't you scared? Aren't you scared of, of you know, um, getting sick? And I kind of started saying, well, I'm not worried about the virus because I can look after myself. I'm worried about the people. Um, the virus is quite predictable right? People are unpredictable. Virus, constant, right? Uh, People, variables. You never know what they're going to do, how they're going to react. You know, I heard a story uh, from a guy I know that he was like in Frankston and there was like this junky looking dude at the front of a shop and he was asking people for money. And when they said no, he was trying to cough on them, which is fucked up. And, you know, in Frankston, I'm pretty sure that someone broke that dude's face because that's just how they go, right? Um, I think it's horrible to try and use something like this to basically extort people. And that's what he was doing. It was extortion, right? Um, And so people to me are an interesting variable. One thing that I'm very aware of having served in the military and overseas and stuff is that Westerners... Um, have experienced hardship. Obviously, we've had wars and so forth, but those have been external. We haven't, you know, experienced in certainly in, in the later generations, um, lack of food, uh, chaos, things like that. And so we don't know how to handle it and we tend to overreact, right? And um, whereas a lot of other cultures, especially African cultures, Asian cultures, they've dealt with food scarcity, they've dealt with famine, they've dealt with um, all kinds of other shit. And so they are able to, um, you know, 
deal with it mentally and in a far more logical way. Sometimes not the greatest of ways, right? Um, but certainly in a more logical way. And so it's it's interesting because I, I, I look at people and how they're dealing with this and I measure their level of kind of intestinal fortitude based on their response. And nine out of 10 times, their response is fucked up, right? They just, you know, cannot seem to to deal with it at all. They think that they're going to starve. You know, I walked into Woolworths and there's just fruit and veg fucking everywhere. Dude, go and become a veggio for a while. Check it out. You know, use the time to kind of eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, do a lot of push-ups and pull-ups at home, you know, and uh, get fit as fuck. Come out looking like Brad Pitt and Snatch, you know. Hard. Um, but it's, it's interesting because every problem that I look at, I look at it from my, my initial reaction, like most people is, oh, fuck. But then I go, okay, there's an opportunity here for me to get better, for me to, to become more resourceful, for me to become more resilient, for me to become stronger and tougher. I just have to find a way to extract those lessons, right? You are not going to die. You're going to come out the other end of this like a motherfucking Spartan carved out of granite, right? If you choose to do so, right? It's not about, it's not about just looking at the doom and gloom. I urge you to look at the opportunities that this will give you, the things that you'll be able to do if you're stuck in your house for two weeks. So please don't just kind of go all doom and gloom, rise to the occasion, man, and extract some positives out of this. I'm going to play a couple more songs and we're going to come back and close off the show. Yeah. 
voices tell the story This life had many shades I'd wake up every morning And before I'd start each day I'd take a drag from last night's cigarette That smoldered in its tray Down a little something And then be on my way Far and wide and laid his head in many ports I was guided by a compass I saw beauty to the north I drew the tales of many lives And wore the faces of my own I had these memories all around me So I wouldn't be alone Some may be from showing up Others are from growing up Sometimes I was so messed up And didn't have a clue
right, and we've reached the end of the show. And, you know, I, I was considering kind of cancelling the show in case you fuckers gave me COVID-19, but I figure I'm pretty safe. And uh, this was not a show that was here to give you guys some guidance. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical practitioner. Um, I've taken a lot of chemicals, but I'm not a medical practitioner. And um, so I think the important thing to take away is that what I told you here today is some of the things that I think, some of the things that I intend to do, and some of the mindsets that I am going to adopt during this crisis. And, you know, like I said, don't take them all. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Don't come break my balls. But do understand this. You are in charge of your destiny. You are in charge of your behavior. You can't control anyone else's behavior. Your behavior is all you can control. And so you can choose to behave like an idiot, or you can choose to behave like a sane person, right? Confronting an issue that is out of your control, right? Using common sense, and hopefully come out of this stronger and better prepared for what life throws at you. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. As usual, I've loved doing it. Um, you know, be especially good to yourselves this week and be especially good to, to others, people you love. Keep an eye on them. Call people that are, you know, vulnerable, um, all the people, people in your family, people you know. Ask them if they need help. Ask them if they need anything. You know, use this as a as a way to kind of help others and to help yourself. If you help others, then you're helping yourself as well. Makes you feel good. So go out there and do some positive shit as opposed to, uh, you know, bashing people at Cole's car park and taking their toilet paper. This is your opportunity to rise and to shine. So I suggest you take stock and move forwards and do something good. All right, hang in there and we'll see you next week. Hopefully, deuces!
And as you head to the tunnel's light, I hope it leads to eternal life. 